Um, eight years ago, Trish and I, this week actually, Trish and I moved here to Omaha and uh, moved into our house on Timberlane Drive. And I got to tell you, the name of our street still bugs me a little bit. I mean, it's kind of redundant. Timber Lane Drive. Lane Drive? Do you need both? Anyway, over these eight years, we have found that getting to know people on Timber Lane Drive has gone kind of slowly. Um, it seems like people on our street aren't very well connected, and, and a, a lot of our neighbors, I mean, I don't want to point fingers, but they don't seem real neighborly. One neighbor that lives kind of close to us, um, I, in the first seven years we lived there, I only met him twice, and I'd never met his wife. Anyway, last August, Trish and I hosted a Saturday morning breakfast uh, and invited all the neighbors kind of on our long stretch of block, and uh, the husband came over. And so after that, I just started praying. I thought, okay, Lord, keep giving me opportunities to get acquainted. And uh, because I kept praying about it, it's kind of like it kept popping up in my mind, too. Well, what am I going to do? And I would come up with, you know, maybe little ways, reasons, opportunities to, to make a quick connection. And since last summer's breakfast, I've had about 10 interactions with him and, and a few with his wife as well. So, um, so you look at that, there were, there were seven years with only two interactions and then one year where there were 10. And I go, whoa, maybe all this time it wasn't just the other person, maybe also I wasn't being very neighborly. Uh, during the, the spring, it, for those of you who are guests here, you don't know, but last spring we had a series, of, a six-Sunday series called BLESS. And you can see the, the, uh, the sign BLESS is an acronym here. And uh, uh, it's about how we become a blessed friend to someone who, who may not yet know Jesus. And uh, so we've been trying to build this in the life of our church and at our, our staff meetings about once a month. We just have a conversation about how we see God at work as we're trying to be a blessed friend to people in our lives who are still kind of finding their way back to God. And then uh, we've also been doing this now, uh, added it to our monthly agenda at our church council meetings. We just take a little time and talk about how uh, God is there and we're trying to... Uh, build some blessed friendships with people who are not active in faith or church. So today what I want to do is take this whole idea of bless and specifically turn it into the direction of our neighborhood. And, you know, Jesus said, love your neighbor. And he stretched that definition of neighbor to include people who don't look like us, who don't talk like us, who don't even live near us. But today, I want to share with you a radical thought. You ready? When Jesus said, love your neighbor, what if? What if he includes people in my neighborhood? Now, you think that might be true? Let, let's say it together, shall we? When Jesus said, love your neighbor, 
what if that includes people in my neighborhood? And you know, God is the one who gives us the love that we need to do that, to love people in our neighborhood. Uh, yesterday, I had a wedding in here. Uh, some of you know um, Terry Killian, who's the, the daughter of Loretta Neiman. And so she got married here, and we had a beautiful wedding. The, the bride and groom picked out uh, scripture passage from 1 John chapter 4. And the first verse of that, verse 7 of the passage, uh, says this, Love comes from God. That's powerful, isn't it? Love comes from God. And when we experience how deeply loved we are by God, that love then overflows to our neighbors. So, problem is, how do we, how do we build relationships with our neighbors? You know, I got to tell you, it's harder than it used to be. Do you think? You know, yes, last night, Trish and I, we got some frozen yogurt, and then we walked uh, through a little neighborhood near there, and we walked about three blocks and did not see one, this was between 6.30 and 7, we did not see one person out in front of their house on either side of the street on six blocks on that beautiful evening. Now, they might have been, you know, back outside in their backyards or on their deck or inside or gone, but... You'd think over three blocks you might see somebody, but we didn't. It, it's harder, isn't it, to get to know our neighbors when all you see out on the street is just this closed door. Um, I grew up uh, on a farm, and, uh, you know, we kind of had our own way in those days of, of getting to know our neighbors. We worked together for, some, for one way. We used to bale hay together and move irrigation pipe together and walk through the bean fields together and... And uh, also one thing that we had was uh, the, several of us rural neighbors shared was a party line. Do you young people know what a party line is? You know what a party line is? It's when neighbors share a phone line. That means that when you picked up the phone and make a call, sometimes you would hear a conversation going on. So you would just hang up and try again later because someone was already using the line. I mean, we were like cave dwellers. You know, six or eight families sharing one phone line. And uh, by the way, certain neighbors were notorious for picking up the phone and silently listening in on your conversations. It was early technology for social media, right? At least it kept the neighborhood well connected. Well, today we're, we're examining those two parables of Jesus that you heard just a little bit ago, pretty, pretty fairly well-known parables of Jesus, but we're going to look at them from a different perspective. So I'm going to ask you to open your Bible to Luke chapter 15. If you're using the Pew Bible there, it's on page, uh, starts on page 1047. So we're going to look at Luke 15, verses 6 and 9. And... Uh, if you, by the way, if you don't personally own a Bible, you don't have one of your, of your own, we would love to help with that. Just take that Bible that's in your hand, stick it under your arm when you go. You can have it. You can keep it. And now you've got a Bible. And if you're wondering, okay, well, Bible's a big book. Where would I start reading? You know, of the four biographies in the Bible about Jesus that we call Gospels, this one uh, written by Luke is my favorite. I mean, they're all good. 
But I think Luke's gospel would be a great place to start. So that's just a suggestion. Um, now, in the first parable, the shepherd has a hundred sheep, but one of them doesn't follow very well and uh, fails to make it into the pen at that, that night. So the shepherd, when he counts all the sheep, realizes, oh, one of them's missing. And uh, so he retraces his steps out to the pasture and goes, you know, looking for that sheep, calling out, you know, lost sheep, lost sheep, or whatever the sheep's name might have been. And so when he finds that lost sheep, he's so happy. And he grabs that sheep and he, he drapes it around his shoulders and carries it home. And now, let's look at verse 6. You ready? Then he calls, who does he call? Ghostbusters? No. He calls, say it with me, his friends and neighbors. Yes, he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. Now, we know that the point of this parable is that God is like the shepherd. And when he finds one of us and we turn toward him and we come home in faith to him, it makes God so happy. God is throwing a party with all the angels of heaven because they are thrilled about you. That's good news. So, in the shepherd, he, he's like that too. He knocks on every door in his neighborhood and he tells them, Hey, everybody, I found that lost sheep. Uh, come on over. Let's celebrate. And of course... All these listeners to Jesus' story are saying, obviously, that's exactly what a shepherd would do. I mean, he's not going to, you know, have that sheep around his shoulders and take a little selfie, you know, and, and post it on Instagram. He's going to invite his neighbors over. That's what neighbors do. Now, let's go to the second parable. A woman has ten silver coins. Now, the word translated ten silver coins, or silver coins, is the Greek word uh, drachme. Uh, it, was, it was a silver coin worth about a day's, uh, you know, the payment for a day's labor, a lot like the Roman denarius that we also see in the Bible. Now, why would she have ten drachme coins? Well, we don't really know. Maybe she's a young bride, and this was the dowry or bride price that was paid to her family when she got married. Or maybe she's a widow, and this is her life savings. Ten drachme would be uh, maybe enough to keep her fed, but not well fed for a month. So this may be all that stands between her and starvation. And then she loses a coin. I mean, I mean, that's easy to do back in those days. Your floor was probably made with these flat stones that were embedded into the dirt with cracks between the stones. And, you know, things could drop down in between there and get lost easily. And houses in those days were dimly lit. They didn't have a lot of big windows, no, you know, electric lights or anything. So what she did is she, she got her lamp and she lit it. She got her broom and she just went in every little spot in her house and was just sweeping away all of the, the dust and dirt, especially between the cracks. And, and all of a sudden, she sees this little glint of light sparkling up at her. She has found her coin, and she does her little happy dance. I found my coin, I found my coin. You know. And then, uh, let's look at verse 9. And when she finds it, she calls who? Say it with me. Her friends and neighbors. She, 
she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. And, of course, Jesus' listeners, they, they know kind of how this story's going to go. I mean, duh, of course that's what she do. Her neighbors know she's been worried sick about, about this lost coin. And so when she finds it, she's going to get out her tambourine. And all the neighbors are going to come over and they're going to sing and dance around the fire. And everybody's going to bring a little food for an impromptu party. I mean, did they know how to neighbor? They were good at it. Some of you know how to neighbor. Some of your neighbors know how to neighbor. But I also know this, that neighboring is becoming a lost art. Isn't that right? Don't you see that? That neighboring is becoming a lost art. And I think there's one simple reason. We don't need our neighbors. At least not like we used to. Or we don't think we do. We don't need our neighbors. I mean, we have, we have telephones. We call people. We have cars. We can go see people. We have video games. You can play video game with somebody who's across town or across the country or other side of the world. You don't need to see them. And so while most of us have neighbors who live close by, our relationships with them are more distant than ever. In 2009, a group of 20 lead pastors in the Denver area, they were talking and praying about the needs that they saw in their community. And so in one of their meetings, they invited the mayor to come over and, and talk with them, and they wanted to ask him about the, how they could better serve the city. And so the mayor, you know, talked with them about all the needs that, that he saw there, you know, at-risk kids areas of the city where there was dilapidated housing, drug and alcohol abuse, loneliness, elderly shut-ins with no one to look after them. And the mayor said this, the majority of the issues our community is facing would be drastically reduced if we could just figure out a way to become a community of great neighbors. And the, and the mayor went on to explain that that relationships are more effective than programs because they are organic, they're ongoing. And the idea is that when a neighbor, uh, neighbors are in relationship with one another, then elderly shut-in just kind of gets cared for by their neighbor. And, and the, the at-risk kid gets some mentoring by the guy down the street. So after the mayor left the meeting, those pastors were still sitting there. And one of them finally blurted out, am I the only one who's a little bit embarrassed? I mean, here we were asking the mayor how we can best serve the city, and basically he tells us that it would be great if we could just get our people to obey Jesus and love our neighbors. Pretty radical stuff, isn't it? I want to invite up uh, Chris and Jen Robinson uh, to visit with us for a couple of minutes. Um, some of you know a few months ago, uh, Chris and Jen were getting ready to uh, hold, uh, host a block party on their street in their neighborhood. And so we heard about what was going to happen, but we never did hear about how it all went. And so I thought today would be a perfect day to 
to kind of catch up on that. And uh, um, one of the things I was kind of intrigued about was about how you invited people. Can you want to share with us more about that? out some leaflets and we came up with a name we called it shake off winter we then ran around to 31 houses in our neighborhood and we knocked on their doors and invited each of them that was there um, anyone that wasn't there we went back when we thought that they might be there okay and we had 19 neighbors out of the 31 turn up so you didn't you didn't just drop it in their door then or anything like that no you spoke to we spoke to them everyone pretty much told them that we weren't weird did they believe you or well 19 neighbors 19 believed you that you weren't weird okay (laughs) (laughs) and then and then how did you plan did you just say uh you know was it potluck or did, did did you do everything or how did that go well we didn't want it to be overwhelming for ourselves either. Um, you certainly don't want to do that where you feel like you have to clean everything and it becomes stressful. So on the invitation and when we spoke to people, we said, we're going to provide the ribs. Please just bring a dish to share. So what happened was we ended up with two, three eight-foot tables full of appetizers and salads and all sorts of stuff. And then he grilled seven racks of ribs. Okay. And I made a huge bucket of margaritas that went down really well. <laughs> and, so, and so did you, uh, uh, was it outdoors then? It was outdoors. Okay. In front of your house or on the street or what? Uh, in our front yard, our okay. driveway, our garage. We just utilized all the space. Okay. And where did you get all the tables and chairs? And did you even do, did people bring their own or? We had two canopies ourselves. We had some tables. Um, we did borrow a table or two. We have some chairs. Neighbors brought chairs over. Okay. Neighbors brought other friends along. So it just kind of worked out wow. really well. And so um, tell me about, you know, sort of the impact of this now since then. Because it's been a couple of months, right? Right. Um, have you, did you feel like, you know, that kind of got things rolling to have a better, for you to have a better relationship with some of your neighbors? Or how about them relating to each other? What, what have you found? Well, it it certainly helped in the sense that when some of our neighbors were going away on vacation, we would help them feeding their dogs, mowing their yard, watering their plants. Um, They've helped us when we've been away. We went up to Minnesota and people helped feed our um, cat, uh, water our plants. Yeah. Uh, We've um, got a couple of babies coming, which Jen has been organizing with another neighbor that we're going to host another event what, what are you going to do well we're doing a baby shower and right. it's a couple's baby shower so he's going to be grilling again <laughs> what are you making apparently i'm good at it chicken kebabs all right uh, and i'm excited to have you know neighbors and new babies in the neighborhood because i want to be a grandma and so um i talked with another neighbor who had been planning a kind of a shower so the two of us and then we've invited two more to help us plan so it's going to be a couple's shower on July 7th, and um, food's provided, kids are welcome. Just come and hang out with us, celebrate the fact. And one of the neighbors that's expecting, they've only lived in their house about two months, and they're feeling very welcomed by the whole neighborhood okay. and not just one or two people. Yeah, and I understand that 
you kind of something happened. What did you do last night? Well, last Chris? night I just happened to be sitting out in our yard, and then some <laughs> we were sitting out in our yard, and some neighbors came over, and we ended up with about seven neighbors from different houses coming, and they were there till 11:30 last night. Although Jen left because she was working today at nine. Yeah. yeah. So that probably wouldn't have happened if you hadn't had this event a couple months ago. I don't believe it would have done. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, thank you for just taking a little time to share with us about what you did. Maybe kind of give us an example. Maybe not all of us will do something as big as that, but even little things uh, can make a big difference. So thanks for sharing. Thank you. Okay, so we're back to our big idea here. When Jesus said, love your neighbors, what if? What if that includes people in my neighborhood? In the book, The Art of Neighboring, uh, one of the authors says this. A friend of ours had a neighbor whose house was getting run down. The garage door was falling off the hinges, Two dead cars sat on the driveway, and so he kind of got fed up with it, and he called them in. They got some code enforcement thing there, and, and the officials came by and gave him a ticket. A few days later, he was talking with another neighbor about that blighted house, and, and the neighbor said, yeah, that other neighbor said, yeah, I guess the woman who lives there lives alone, and, and her mother has cancer, and she had to stop working to care for her mom, and, and her mo she's been at her mom's bedside 24 hours a day for the last few months. And after hearing that, that first guy's heart just sunk about how he had called them in and got them ticketed. And so... He decided he was going to do something. And he, he, he got uh, for this woman and who was caring for his sick, mo sick mother. And he, he got a few neighbors together and they fixed that woman's garage door. And they hung up her gutters. And they helped fix her car. And more importantly, he learned her name. And they learned more of her story. You know, we, we send mission teams to Costa Rica, and we can make sleeping mats for the homeless, and we can uh, uh, send people out to serve in North Omaha through Abide, and we can raise money for refugees, and that's all good. But what if, what if, let's say this together again. When Jesus said, love your neighbor, what if that includes people in my neighborhood? You know, I think one of the biggest barriers sometimes is just knowing, you know, where do I start? What do I do? I mean, I walk up and down our street, and, and uh, all those doors are closed. I mean, if I knock, what am I going to do? Knock on the door and say, uh, hi? I mean, I don't know. Uh, anyway, you're gonna, you'll find in your bulletin, there's a page there that says 80 ways to begin and build a friendship. Now, I want you to know there is nothing scientific about how this list was prepared. Um, Larry and Marilyn Berryman and Holly Timberlake and I, we just brainstormed and pooled our ideas and laid them out there for you. Um, but what I want you to do now is to just turn to one or two neighbors near you 
and start scanning through that list until you find one that looks intriguing to you or interesting or something you might uh, be willing to try. And then share with your, your conversation partners uh, what you picked. Uh, and maybe if you want to, even how you would do it. Uh, for example, I like number 51. You see that one on the back, number 51? Borrow something. Yeah, maybe a ladder or a pipe wrench or an egg. So take a minute or two and share with one or two people near you. Just go. Okay, I, I don't know if you're really talking about uh, anything on the list, but it sure sounds like you're having fun, so that's good. Uh, I was just thinking how funny it would be to go to your neighbor and say, I'd like to borrow a, later, a ladder and a pipe wrench and an egg. You know, I'm going to run some kind of Newton experiment where I get up on the ladder and drop the pipe wrench and the egg to see if they fall at the same rate. I don't know. Um, Anyway, what, what I'd like to ask you to do, think about this. Will you do one thing this week? One thing this week to connect with a neighbor. One neighbor. Just do one thing this week. Maybe it's somebody you know pretty well. Maybe it's somebody you don't know at all. So it's going to be different depending on the relationship. But do one thing for a neighbor. You know, when I was growing up, the nearest neighbor was half a mile away. Maybe that's like that for you, where you live. Or maybe, you know, those eight residences are really close, whether you live in an apartment or a house. Okay? And I want to show you this diagram now. Um, this is a diagram that I've started using. A few of our staff have started uh, listing things on this as well. The middle square represents your place. And the other eight squares represent the people who live, the eight residences closest to you. So if you live in, a, you know, like houses, or they could be if you live in an apartment building, the apartment's closest to you. And you'll see there are one, two, or three, one, two, and three for each home. Now, number one is list all of the names that you can list for every person living in all eight of those residences. Now, I can tell you, I could get, do pretty well on some of them, all of them on some, but some of them I couldn't. Like one house, I only know one person who lives there, and there's several. Um, so I'm still working on it. Number two, list factual information that you know about those neighbors, like 
where are they from, where they're from, where they work, what their hobbies are. And so I know a little about this, but not a lot. Uh, so, and you know what? Sometimes I learn and then I forget. I, I don't remember. Where was he to work? I can't really remember. And then number three is to note deeper things you've learned about them. What do they hope for? What do they worry about? What is rewarding in their lives? What is a hurt in their lives? And so far, I can tell you that I know very little about level three. So I know I've got a lot more neighboring to do. So let's just bring it down to the practical level. As I said before, first, will you do one thing this week to big, begin or build a friendship? Let's put up the next slide, shall we? Will you do one thing this week to begin or build a friendship with a neighbor? I mean, you either will or you won't. But are you going to make that your intent this week? Give that a try. And then I'm thinking about, uh, for those of you who are part of Faith Westwood, our Fun Fest coming up two weeks from today. I'm inviting you all to come to the 9 o'clock service because we're just going to have one service. And then we're going to have this Fun Fest from 11 to 1 where we're going to have... Uh, you know, this, this band, uh, Chicken Wire, uh, I've, heard them, I've heard them before. They're... No, they're, they're pretty good, and uh, they do kind of what I call feel-good hits throughout the decades. Is that fair, Jeff? Yeah, and uh, so it's going to be fun. It's, you know, for people who said, well, there's no way I'm going to, to a church service, this might be something they would try. I mean, it's going to, we're going to be outdoors under the shade. They don't even have to come into the building unless they want to use the restroom. And, uh, you know, we're going to have fun and have some good food. There's going to be a photo booth and then for the kids, face painting for some of the adults too, I imagine. And bounce houses for the kids and just, you know, just kind of a relaxing time and meeting some other people. You can introduce uh, the, the, the people you bring to some others in our church and... Uh, so I'm asking, will you bring a friend or a neighbor to FunFest? Will you? Will you give it a try? Will you invite someone? You know, I, I want you to know that even though you're all invited, and I hope you come, we're not doing this for us. And, and in two weeks when we have, have FunFest, if the only people who show up is us, we're not doing it next year. Because that's not why we're doing it. Either this is an invitable event that works for us, or we're going to try something else. So, the event is free, and, uh, you know, we're not going to have a collection basket or anything. We're just going to, we're just going to relax and have fun. And uh, our purpose is to be like the shepherd who found his lost sheep, or the woman who found her lost coin, and say to our neighbors and friends, hey, just come on. Let's just have some fun together. And uh, maybe that will be a neighborly thing to do. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, uh, some of us this morning are thinking, maybe I am like the lost sheep in the story, or the lost coin Lord, maybe I'm the one you're searching for and I need a change of heart and a change of life 
and I need to come home to you. And so I just want to pray and, and, and lead a prayer for those who feel they're in that, in that spot and say, Jesus, uh, I'm ready to stop my wandering. I'm tired of living a double life, and I ask you to, to bring me home and make me yours. I want to be one of your people forever. Make your home in my heart and change me. Make me more like you. And dear God, we believe that love comes from you. So as I begin to experience your love, give me a love for my neighbors. May I be the kind of friend that they can count on. Give me a boldness to be that kind of friend. And Lord, we know that this world needs that so badly. So many are lonely, disconnected, feeling that nobody cares. So Lord, help us to be that kind of friend, that kind of neighbor. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's stand.